48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The headlines. Health experts warn that a fourth wave of COVID-19 cases could be here sooner than we expect. One of Britain's most senior judges joins Hong Kong's Court of Final Appeal and an NGO demands the return of rent controls as private sector tenants struggle in the pandemic. The government adviser on the pandemic, David Hui, said the risk of a fourth wave of coronavirus infections is increasing. The Chinese University infectious disease expert says the authorities need to be careful in easing social distancing measures at a time when infections from unknown sources continue. He was speaking after staff and patrons at a Chimsatsu bar were ordered into quarantine because two confirmed patients had been there one night last month. Professor Hei said the China Secret Bar may have violated regulations which prevent more than two people being seated at a table, given that it had 28 customers that night but only seven tables. A University of Hong Kong public health expert, Professor Benjamin Cowling, also said there were signs of a resurgence in coronavirus cases and warned that the SAR could experience a fourth wave as soon as this month. Speaking on RTHK's Backchat program, he said the fact that cases with no obvious source were still being found indicated that there were more such infections in the community. He said the easing of social distancing increased the chances of an outbreak as the Chimsacho bar case showed infection to spread and sooner or later the virus will take one of those opportunities whether it's in the bar uh, that you mentioned whether it's in another one of these gatherings so i think fairly soon we're going to see some outbreaks and maybe that's going to develop into our fourth wave by mid to late october it will be clear i hope not but but that's my gut feeling Meanwhile, Professor Cowling says he doesn't understand why the government hasn't yet reopened the SAR's beaches, especially given that more risky venues have been allowed to open. I said like a month ago that beaches are really, really safe. It's mm. much safer to go to the beach than to go to a bar. Uh, I, I don't understand because we've seen pictures over the weekend of people crowding into the non-regulated area. So people are swimming in the sea outside of the shark net because inside yeah. is closed. And it, the mind boggles about why beaches wouldn't be safe at this point when almost everything else is open. Beaches is probably one of the safest places in Hong Kong to avoid COVID. The Deputy President of Britain's Supreme Court, Lord Patrick Hodge, has been appointed as a non-permanent judge of the SAR's Court of Final Appeal. The Chief Executive Carrie Lam said in a statement that Lord Hodge was a judge of eminent standing and reputation. In July, the head of the Supreme Court, Lord Reid, who is also a top court judge here, cast doubt on whether Britain could continue sending judges to Hong Kong. He said the situation would have to be assessed in light of concerns about the new national security law and its effect on judicial independence and the rule of law. Lord Hodge's appointment follows the resignation of former Australian judge James Spiegelman from the top court last month. George Spiegelman reportedly told Australian media that he had resigned for reasons related to the content of the national security legislation. But University of Hong Kong law professor Simon Young told RTHK that we still don't really know why he stepped down. Judges, of course, have their own personal reasons, and it may well be more complicated than simply because of the national security law. For example, I noticed that he's also an advisor to the Chinese International Commercial Court. And I checked the website today. Justice Spiegelman hasn't resigned from that position, at least it's not apparent on the website. So it can't be anything that he feels directly against the Chinese government. 
A union representing airline workers has urged Cathay Pacific to look at alternatives to redundancies as it seeks huge savings to offset a collapse in traffic resulting from COVID-19. The airline last month declined to apply for a government wage subsidy, which would have prevented it from cutting staff. Reports say it may sack more than a 1,000 workers. Li Wing-Fu, who heads the Staff and Workers Union of Hong Kong Civil Airlines, says he hasn't heard of any concrete plan for dismissals. He warned that layoffs could affect the airport and the aviation industry, undermining its hopes of recovery. He said hundreds of people had left the industry. An NGO has urged the government to reimpose limits on rent increases and introduce regular subsidies to grassroots families in this month's policy address. The Concerning Grassroots Housing Alliance says underprivileged families are under ever more financial pressure as they cope with the effects of the pandemic. It says a one-off subsidy introduced in this year's budget will do little to help as some families said half the money would go straight into paying the rent. Eunice Chan, its community organizer, says tenancy controls abolished 16 years ago should return. A loss of underprivileged they might face unemployment under this coronavirus, but at the same time, the house owner, they may raise the rent out of any reason. So they are facing a harder life under this situation. So that's why we think that tenancy control should be enforced together with the rent subsidies. Police say they seized the cocaine and ice worth of an ice worth $25.8 million at a Mongkok flat on Saturday. A 36-year-old man was arrested. Officers say they saw the man acting suspiciously on Portland Street and found a small amount of cocaine in a paper bag he was carrying. He then led officers to a flat where the rest of the drugs were found stored in suitcases. Police say the man is suspected of drug trafficking and may have worked as part of a syndicate. Turning overseas, President Trump has taken a short car trip to wave at supporters gathered outside the hospital where he's being treated for COVID-19. Mr. Trump appeared in the back of his armored SUV wearing a face mask and waving at well-wishers. Shortly before, he tweeted a video of himself saying he was going to pay a little surprise to some of the great patriots out on the street, and he addressed his illness. It's been a very interesting journey. I learned a lot about covid I learned it by really going to school. This is the real school. This isn't the let's read the book school. And I get it, and I understand it. And it's a very interesting thing, and I'm going to be letting you know about it. Researchers in the United States are looking at whether the human body's defenses against the common cold could also offer temporary protection against COVID-19. The BBC's Duncan Kennedy has more details. The most frequent cause of the common cold is rhinovirus. The scientists at Yale found that rhinovirus triggers production of the chemical interferon, which is part of the body's early response to the invasion of viruses. They say trials looking at the use of interferon in combating COVID-19 show that if given early enough, there may be some benefit. So they say they're now looking at whether introduction of the cold virus before infection by the COVID-19 virus will offer a similar type of protection. A new state of emergency has come into effect into the Czech Republic as the government struggles to bring a resurgence of the coronavirus under control. The new restrictions are due to last for two weeks. From Prague, the BBC's Rob Cameron had this report. Czechs woke up on Monday morning with a sense of déjà vu, a new state of emergency and new measures to tackle the virus. But these will be far milder than the lockdown that all but halted the epidemic back in spring. Secondary schools will move online, 
primary schools will stay open. Pubs and restaurants will be allowed to seat just six at one table, but at least they're not being closed, and there will be no sector-wide economic shutdowns. Over the past 14 days, the Czechs have the second highest number of new cases per 100,000 in Europe after Spain. President Ilham Aliyev of Azerbaijan has asked Armenia to set a timetable for withdrawing from the disputed region of Nagorno-Karabakh as a condition for ending military action. In a televised address, Mr. Aliyev also demanded an apology from Armenia. His statement came as fighting intensified between the two sides. Martin Schweb of the International Committee of the Red Cross expressed concern about civilian casualties. Our worry is that the use of such heavy weaponry uh, can result in indiscriminate uh, shelling of towns, cities, or other populated areas. And we really urge all sides to take all feasible precautions in order to protect civilians and spare civilian lives in the conduct of hostilities. The UN Migration Agency says at least eight migrants have died and 12 more are missing at sea after being forced off a boat by smugglers near the coast of Djibouti. Here's the BBC's David Bamford. The International Organization of Migration said more than 30 passengers on board, thought to be Ethiopian, had been attempting to return to East Africa from Yemen. Eyewitnesses say people smugglers in charge of the boat were seen throwing a number of the migrants overboard. Fourteen survivors are receiving medical treatment in Djibouti. Fourteen thousand African migrants are currently stranded in Yemen, trying to return home after being expelled by Saudi Arabia as part of measures to control the pandemic. A policeman has appeared in court in Chile after being arrested for allegedly throwing a teenager into a river during a protest on Friday. The officer, Sebastián Zamora, denies deliberately causing harm to the protester. The BBC's Leonardo Rocha reports. The 16-year-old student broke his wrist and sustained other injuries after tumbling from a bridge into the Mapocho River in the Chilean capital, Santiago. Video footage posted online shows a police officer who was wearing a helmet pushing the teenager hard against the bridge banister before he loses his balance and falls backwards into the riverbed, which was almost dry. A year ago, violence erupted across Chile when hundreds of thousands of people took to the streets to demand measures to address social inequality. There are concerns that a new wave of unrest will follow as the anniversary of the protests approach. A survey of almost 40,000 people suggests having a positive attitude towards interpersonal touch is linked to greater well-being and lower levels of loneliness. The self-selecting online survey is the largest of its kind, involving people from more than 100 countries. The BBC's Claudia Hammond reports. Most of the data was collected at the start of this year before social distancing was required. But even back then, 54% of people who chose to take part said they didn't have enough touch in their lives. The psychologists who conducted the study from Goldsmiths University of London say the results indicate the importance of touch in our lives and that this backs up previous research showing that touch, when done safely, can bring psychological benefits. Currencies, the U.S. dollars trading at 105.51 yen, the euro standing at 1 U.S. dollar 17 cents, the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 2 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 23,824. That's 360 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at 54 billion dollars. Sports, here's Adam Jones. 
A sensational performance by Jimmy Butler boosted the undermanned Miami Heat to victory in Game 3 of the NBA Finals over the Los Angeles Lakers. It finished 115-104 for the Heat, who were missing two injured starters, Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic, for a second straight game. Butler came to the rescue with a 40-point triple-double to give his team their first win in the series. I think we realize that we belong. That they can't be beat as long as we do what we're supposed to do. Um, but uh, coming the next game, I know they're going to be so much better, and we got to be able to match that energy. LeBron James, who had 25 points in defeat, says his team need to do a better job at looking after the ball. It starts with myself being the, the, the starting point guard of the team. You know, having five first half turnovers, um, eight total for the game is is. Uh, can't do that, obviously, um, because it gives them more possessions. It doesn't allow us to set our defense. And uh, they're uh, really, really good um, offensively. So you just can't turn the ball over versus that team. And I'll take, uh, I'll take full responsibility for that. Now to football in the English Premier League and a humiliating defeat for the champions, Liverpool. Ollie Watkins scored a first-half hat-trick in a stunning 7-2 victory for Aston Villa. Here's the Villa manager, Dean Smith. Never dreamed of getting a result like this today. Uh, performance was outstanding from start to finish. Um, and we've created an awful lot of chances against an exceptional defence and team. Um, you know, had to work very, very hard. But I said we've carried on that momentum from the end of last season. But we've added quality to that. And, you know, people questioned Ollie Watkins' uh, price. Um, that's probably treble now. Liverpool conceded seven goals for the first time since 1963. It was also the heaviest defeat in the managerial career of Jurgen Klopp. All credit to Aston Villa, they did exceptionally well tonight. Caused us to some mistakes and some mistakes we, did, we made without. We needed no help for, let me say it like this. The way we defended tonight, you cannot defend. Today we lost kind of the plot. Um, I, saw, I, I saw a lot of things which I never saw before for my boys. So it's not difficult to judge that. Seven goals were scored at Old Trafford, where Tottenham hammered 10-man Manchester United 6-1. Jose Mourinho is the winning manager. It's history for Tottenham, it's history for uh, my boys, and I cannot deny that it's history also for me. So I'm very happy, I'm, I'm very proud, and I feel that it's an honor for us to have these records in this um, unique stadium. Leicester City's perfect start to the season ended with a 3-0 defeat to West Ham. Arsenal were 2-1 winners over Sheffield United. Southampton beat West Brom 2-0. Fulham stayed bottom after a 1-0 loss to Wolves. And that's your look at sports. Adam Jung reporting. 10 of the news, our top stories once again. Health experts warn that a fourth wave of COVID-19 cases could be here sooner than we expect. One of Britain's most senior judges joins Hong Kong's Court of Final Appeal and an NGO demands the return of rent controls as private sector tenants struggle in the pandemic. The news from RTHK. Sky and my blue eyes.
Welcome to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Monday afternoon. Monday the 5th of October is today's date. I hope you all had a great mid-autumn festival long weekend. And uh, back to the very first day of the working week. And we have a busy show for you. Just after half past one, we'll be hearing about the Social Enterprise Summit 2020, which is happening uh, in November. And we'll be chatting with Rebecca Choi Young, who's the chairperson of the organizing committee of the Social Enterprise Summit, in about 10 minutes or so. And we hope to also bring you this interview onto the Facebook page. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. And uh, after the two o'clock news, fitness coach Nathan Solier will join us once again and this week Nate and I will be talking about uh, how to make exercising uh, empowering uh, for people with obesity or just gen- just wanting to get back on the fitness wagon on the wagon and uh, finally after the 2:30 news a bit of trash talk and this week Edwin K who is uh, who is the chair of uh, Hong Kong Rita which is the Hong Kong Institu- research institute 